What's going on, guys? My name's Rob Riley. Kelvin McChesney is behind the edits, and you are listening to Free Coffee. And I am so excited for this one. Today, we are joined by Felicity Chen, co-founder and CEO of Get Potley. Now, Potley is a cannabis company uh, that specializes in edibles uh, for integration in just your daily life. So things that you can cook with, um, specialty things, I love their honey, they have olive oil, they have um, chili oil, they have sriracha, they have a lot of different stuff and, and we'll talk about all of it. But I just wanted to come in here and preface this episode by saying this was an incredible discussion. Really enjoyed it. I can't thank Fel enough for coming on the pod and sharing her story. This is a story of a female founder, minority founder, um, going through starting bootstrapping, working with uh, family a little bit and um just all around her story here come up um from the bay area and just making it work and um you know i think there's a lot of gems in here for for anyone who's listening there's a lot of great stories but without further ado i'm hyping it up enough you probably want to actually listen to it and get into it so here it is uh if you enjoy this if you could do me one small favor and share it and tag me rob.riley uh and tag the potley team uh their handles are in here but it's also at GetPotly on Instagram. So thank you guys so much. Please subscribe if you enjoy this. Uh, let's get right into it. What's going on, guys? My name's Rob. Kelvin McChesney is behind the edits. And welcome back to another free coffee interview. Today, I am honored to be joined by the one and only Felicity Shen of Potley. Uh, and Potley is a cannabis editable company designed around the kitchen, and, and we'll get into that, and I'm probably not giving it all it, all it deserves, but Felicity, thank you so much uh, for coming on Free Coffee and joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Absolutely. Um, so I know I just briefly said what Potley is, but could you, for the viewer that's not familiar with your, your company and your brand, uh, as the founder and CEO, kind of give us, uh, kind of give us the pitch on, on what it is and, and who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So Potley makes essential foods that make you feel better, uh, be it recreationally, if you like to enjoy THC in California, we have a, a line um, that helps you unwind and relax. Uh, we also have a CBD line that ships nationwide. And um, our CBD line has, you know, anything from products to help you feel less stressed to help you sleep well at night. So foods like that, um, all of the ingredients we source from California because that's where I'm born and raised. And some of our ingredients like our chili and our sriracha pay homage to my heritage, really leaning into my own culture and how I grew up. And it's all about ritualizing these foods into um, your daily life in the way that you already are consuming these products. That's amazing. And, and you are in the role of not only founder, but, but CEO, correct? That is correct. That's amazing. So um, I really want to dive into the brand, understanding the products, everything like that. But I'd love to start really with a lot of what makes you you and, and how all of this came to be. If we can step back and, and learn maybe about your story and, and how you got to this point, if, that's, if that flows well for you. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. I mean, I've grown up in the food world. I am someone that 
had a really different childhood probably from most. I grew up in my parents' warehouse. Parents were always working. I always had um, an amazing role models of um, entrepreneurs in my family. It started from my grandfather. Um, my grandfather very literally ran from China to Taiwan to escape from the communists and wash dishes and uh, you know through the restaurant industry learn how to make sesame oil and sesame paste and you know different cooking sauces that were used in the kitchen and that's how he started his company by observing and getting an opportunity that eventually led him to make sauces and spices and eventually he you know had a family moved um, decided that the United States is where he wanted to expand to and so he ate Jack in the Box for two years straight um, pitching restaurants in California and New York, building his business one Chinese restaurant at a time. And when my parents finally moved, they moved to LA first, but um, my parents brought it up to the, the, the business up to the Bay Area. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just grew up in the food world. I've grown up eating at all different sorts of Chinese restaurants just within California, you know, there's just such a variety and we're very, I'm very lucky to have grown up and been born and raised um, in, you know, such a, um, a culture that was able to live and really experience um, my heritage, even though I grew up in America, in the United States. So um, from that, uh, I kind of, that was, that was very much my childhood, right? Um, I had a a father who essentially practiced homeopathic medicine on, and my, my mother and I, you know, he did all of the um, needlework and, and we never took prescription medicine. Um, it was always like, if you don't feel good, go take a nap, you know, or drink more water to hydrate and rebalance yourself. So taking pharmaceuticals was never something that I, I grew up with. Um, eventually I, um, went off to college in the East Coast. That's where I met my co-founder, uh, Christine. Um, she and I were randomly paired freshman year roommates in college, nice. and we stayed together as roommates for the next three years. She graduated a year early, stayed in the East Coast. I traveled and then came back to California because the East Coast was far too cold. <laughs> and that's where I started working in tech. And I was, you know, on the early team of Uber Eats, signing up all, you know, all the restaurants, boots on the ground, because the restaurant industry is very near and dear to my heart. And when I had moved home, that's where I realized that my dad had, my parents had picked up a new hobby. I am an only child. And so they had started beekeeping. Um, My dad was doing this for my mom because she's an asthma patient and my mother was ritualizing this honey into her wellness routine. She starts her day off with a hot water, a slice of lemon, some ginger, um, and then always topping it off with honey. And there was no way my Asian immigrant conservative mother was ever going to smoke a joint with me, right? And so Christine and I thought, why don't we put some weed into this honey? And that's how we created our first product. So yeah, it was all really by accident, but it was just, uh, it was 
this this company is truly like a meld of like two of my my best my my pa- absolute passions in life right i love food i love eating <laughs> uh and weed makes me a better person and i think the reason why i am so high performing is because i've been able to hack my health through cannabinoids i love that i love it so much so you you kind of mentioned la and the bay where did you actually grow up where did you spend the majority of your childhood yeah, I, I spent the majority of my childhood in the East Bay. Um, so, you know, um, in a town called Castor Valley and then moved to Hayward. Um, and to this day, that's where all of our bees are. Um, I'm a Bay Area girl through and through. <laughs> uh, Los Angeles is definitely a place I love to visit. And a lot of our amazing clients and customers live there. Um, it's definitely uh, a place that I, I enjoy visiting and um, San Francisco will always, Bay Area will always be home for me. That's amazing. So as you were coming up and you were experiencing all these restaurants and, you know, going through childhood, being able to be surrounded by so many uh, cultural influences, were you impacted more by by that? Do you think that love for food came from, more from that or more from your family um, and, and more of experiences, what kind of led to you falling in love with food the way you did? I don't know. I just, girl likes to eat. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that because there's variety, I, I've, I've gone to be able to experience a lot of different things, right? Like there's a platform to try so many different things that are actually quite authentic. You know, it's, I would say it's the more, more authentic than the most authentic that you can probably get outside of living in China by itself. Um, and because I grew up around such delicious ingredients and it was important for me to create a product that would really uh, create a product line that would really bring you to California, right? Like our olive oil you, is sourced from um, this amazing company called Other Brother Co. And they grew up on the orchard in Carmel Valley in, in you know, and, and our, our cannabis that we put inside this product, it's all sun-grown flour from the Emerald Triangle, you know, that's Northern California. The, the pure, pure fact of the product and the ingredients that go inside of it that are just only been able to be sourced in these regions, it's it's really special, right? You don't, you feel the California vibration without having actually maybe even step foot in California, for example, if you try our products. And so um, I feel like that's, how I was raised was like, I didn't have to go to China to, although I did live in China, but I didn't have to like actually go there to really feel that community and the deliciousness um, of food. And I don't know, I don't know why I love food, but I, and, and definitely weed makes food taste better. So I just, I just love it. It's just something that I, it just comes out of me and it, I've just been around it for so long and I appreciate food and I appreciate the people that make food. And I always feel really special when someone's put so much thought and effort into food and food doesn't need to be complicated either. The best thing about food is if it's fresh, 
and it's that's a very California way of thinking. It's if it's fresh, it doesn't even need that much, maybe a little bit of salt, right? And that's mm -hmm. all that that needs. And I'm just lucky to have been surrounded by this, and it definitely impacts how I create my products. Oh, I love it. And let me just say, as somebody who's been able, lucky enough to try some of your uh, CBD products, um, they're incredible. I mean, I really enjoy using them. Um, I use the the Dream Honey pretty much every Sunday night because I'm a chronic. Uh, I get so excited about the week going into the week, you know, start thinking about all the stuff I'm going to accomplish and do. And I'm well rested from a weekend. I can never sleep on Sunday nights. So the dream honey mixed in with some water, uh, you know, like six, seven, eight o'clock helps me really fall asleep and actually go into my week really refreshed and happy and, and in a better mindset. Um, it's actually become part of my weekly routine. Like without it, I, I'm going to be a repeat customer because it's it's just something now that um, has helped me so much. And and I think, you know, the from everything from the branding, the packaging the fact that that came with, you know, a little eye mask to, to help you sleep and your guys' packaging was incredible. You know, I, I hate using the word vibes, but, you know, from the West Coast to the East Coast, you definitely catch like those West Coast vibes, like the, the passion that went into it um, and all that sort of stuff. And that's kind of why I believe it's important to go back because anyone who sees what you guys are doing will instantly see kind of that passion. And and I was curious as somebody who's enjoyed your products, where it came from. Um, so with that said, you mentioned that you were like, hey, listen, my mom won't smoke a joint with me. Um, but did that mean that she would try cannabis in honey? Were your parents open to that? Were you allowed or, or like, did, you know, was there any um, problem as far as your parents and, and you, you know, enjoying cannabis? Absolutely. I mean, my mom still like any like flower smokable, right? Something that is like carcinogenic to the lungs, like she's like very against, right? So it, it is still that traditional mindset, but cannabis through an edible doesn't have the same carcinogens, right? And so she's only okay with edibles. And the first like kind of like conversation that I like, that, that the light bulb that like went off in her head was <sighs> Asian parents. You just, you don't really explain things to them. You kind of have to just like do it and be like, Oh, by the way, this has happened. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, it's already happening, you know? And so my mom was just like, she came to me and she was very worried. She was just like, I just want to make sure that, what you're doing, like with the company that you're starting isn't going to hurt people. And I'm like, mom, that's the whole point. Like we're trying to help people, right? That's the whole point. We're trying to make people feel better. And she's like, as long as you do that, like I am supportive. Nice. And um, I remember the moment where she tried Polly honey. I didn't tell her it was special honey. I just like was like, I just gave her the, the I just showed her the, the packaging and was like, you want to try some? And she was like, I was like, oh, I, I didn't even say, cause you don't, you can't pose it as a question because you always get a no. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, I made some tea for you, <laughs> you know, your normal tea. And I showed her the packaging 
And she was like, okay. And she tried the drink. She's like, it's good. I was like, you know, there's weed in there. And she's like, I know I can read. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, okay, then why didn't you say anything? Right. Um, So she's just like supportive. You just can't really like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like, it's just one of those like weird ass relationships where it's like Chinese people are so proud and like, they don't want to like tell you that they've come around, but like they're, they are absolutely like, I think that they're just happy to see me work so diligently and just so diligently to it, to make this a reality and help more people because, you know, your story about it becoming a, a true ritual and, um, plant medicine, helping people's lives become just better, right? Is there's just, it comes back again and again. And these stories are what keep me going. How, um, instrumental were your relationships with your parents uh in sort of developing product um getting your boots on the ground like uh you know how did they influence you as far as like early early startup stages and and that sort of stuff yeah i mean scaling is super super hard right for a company especially cpg companies it's like what do you do do you like rent a kitchen do you make it out of your own kitchen like Mm -hmm. what Um, I'm really lucky in that my parents have a manufacturing space that's GMP certified, has a plan approved. So we, I have since day one, even our little manufacturing space where we have our cannabis licenses and permits on, have made all of our products um, through our own space and warehouse. And um, my mom was absolutely instrumental of like, you know, like my, like we called on some uncles to paint the grounds, you know, like get the ceiling tight and like pass inspection and get this, you know, this thing done, which all, all of which I never knew, like was a thing. Like, I didn't know that you had to get these permits to get build this one thing and get like this, you know, hand-washing sink in this area. So it was a huge learning process for me. Um, but it was, you know, it was very adulting, right? It's like, I, there's such a sense of ac- accomplishment of like, I know now, like, you know, what department to talk to when you go to the city and, and to get these approvals. And, and I did that once for when I was building out my cannabis and manufacturing cannabis manufacturing in California. And then our hemp manufacturing, we produce it out of my family's warehouse, which is 45 minutes away from San Francisco. So it's a really great ecosystem. And that's how we attest to our true quality is because we don't co-pack a single one of our products, right? Um, And a lot of, unfortunately, most companies at my stage, they don't have the means to build manufacturing like the way we have, because for most people, it costs a lot of money. And for us, we were able to bootstrap our entire way do it less with less than $50,000. Um, and yeah, it's definitely helped us build a moat. Um, but fundamentally it's a, a testament to our quality um, because I, I have almost physically touched almost every single product that has come through our warehouse. That's amazing. I absolutely love it. Um, what were the early days? Like you kind of touched on it, you know, you, you met your roommate and it was just happenstance, correct? Um, that yeah. you and Christine met. Um, and then what were the early days like? What convinced you and her to kind of go into business together? Because not all uh, not all roommates, you know, freshman roommates end up building successful businesses together. What what was what was that relationship like and, and how did it turn into something? Yeah. I mean, we were we're both girls from California 
and I think like we already had like a bunch of like mutual friends. So like, it was like, I think we did it go ask the school board and we were like, Hey, like, how do you guys like pick roommates? Are you just like putting two Asian chicks together? It's like racist. <laughs> and they were like, no, like we've actually like, this is a truly random um, pair. And I was like, okay, all right. So it's fate. We, we just like, are, we're friends that were always like Chris says this, like we were just friends that were always down. Like mm-hmm. we would be like, want to go to Cabo for spring break and be like down, done. You know, it's like, you don't have to like, it's not, it's easy. There's certain people that are, things are easy and there's certain people that like, you just got to like, that's their personality. And it's just, you just don't mesh as much. And we are people that like can solve problems pretty quickly. And I think like fundamentally there's a, a huge amount of respect, like they're Chris does things, you know, and on the brand side, on the finance side, and I'm very like operationally focused on execution. And so we have very different skill sets. She's, you know, a wordsmith. Um, but fundamentally, when we're thinking eye on the prize, we have very similar in terms of like where the vision of where we want Potley to go, like that is aligned and similar, right? So even though we have different skill sets, we have very similar vision of like how we want to build this company. And so I think that's, um, you know, definitely worked to our favor. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely not easy, you know, um, when you've got to be scrappy, but the early days, I mean, technically we're still in the early days of our, our, Mm -hmm. our, our business, but like, you know, our team is still scrappy. It's a team full of women that was not by design. Um, people, women just wanted to work for us. I think, you know, there's a sense of community. There's a sense of, um, you know, the, the women we hire are all the, just the best person for the job. I'm not looking, I'm not like going out and hiring for women. I'm so lucky that my ex-manager from Uber has recently joined our team to be a salesperson. You know, that's a big stamp of approval. Um, but everyone on our team shows up and is just so good at what they do and what they do is not what I'm good at. Right. So that's how we've thought about expanding team, but like early days, like we still, it was like Christine behind the Instagram and like me calling all the accounts and trying to pitch sales, you know, and still that way for some certain, certain things. And, um, I, I love kind of this early stage, like gritty, like crushing it. Um, but I love that we're doing it with this, like most amazing team of power women that can really do anything because, you know, we're, we're trying to save people's lives, but we're doing it in the most creative and fun, delicious way that we can. That's a, oh my God. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. When you two were in college together, um, what were you guys going to school for? Uh, what was what was the plan? Did, did you have like an after college plan that wasn't Potley? Totally, it was totally like we had both had separate careers. Um, Christine uh, was studied finance, uh, graduated a year early, and went straight into consulting uh, management consulting at PwC, and then went into um, retail strategy for the Asena brand. So Loft and Lou and Gray. Um, 
and, you know, had like this career in New York. But when she was at PWC, that's when she had all these like extra points and could fly every, like she would just like fly into like California and be like, what's up, let's make a badge. And we'd like, you know, do our first R and D. Um, I was, I went into tech, I was at Uber. Like I mentioned, I was on the Eats program early on. And then I did the same thing for MealPal. But before that I was working for guilt.com. So rest in peace, guilt. Um, it just, I mean, yeah, we, we just truly had very separate careers and it was honestly like early days. It was Potley was a way for us to connect and stay friends post-college. You know, um, we were living on opposite sides of the world and, um, it was a fun way to like work on something on the side. And it, you know, gradually it took up more and more time, you know, in 2017, I was like, let's apply for a license, see what happens. Right. But like, we got the license and we we're like, Oh shoot, like we should like utilize this for something greater. Right. So, um, a lot of it was also like good timing. Um, it, but we didn't, we both didn't really go in full-time. I went in full-time like sometime in 2018 and she joined at the end of 2019. And so, uh, yeah, it's been a wild ride. That's incredible. That's incredible. What was um, the process like of launching your first product after, you know, making that first honey and like, you know, sharing that with your mom and, and experiencing that? What was the process like between then and launching an actual product and, and starting a brand, like, what was that like? We kind of just, so you, you think that like launch day is supposed to be this like, you know, and then like you launch something like, especially early days. Cause like we have no traction. It was like crickets. I remember like, we were like, Oh my God, we launched like our online shop. And then like we launched it and we had like, maybe I don't even know if we had the sales on the first day you know like it was just like it was very anticlimactic when you launch something it wasn't until like we started like launching things like the sriracha or the dream honey like we launched dream honey in November of last year and now it's making up of 20% of our total sales like historical sales too for a product we launched like last year like those were like now now we're doing like big campaigns where like we went out into the fields and we like made this like extra long bed and we had all these people like kind of dressed in um, white and like had this like massive like panoramic over, you know, like now we're like trying to like be creative and think campaigns. But like back then I remember like, I would be so nervous to like, I, I remember the first like delivery, which doesn't even exist anymore. I can't even remember the name of the company, but we like got our products into that delivery. And that guy was just like, I'll, I'll turn you guys on right now. And I was like, wait, I'm not ready. Like, we, what do you mean you're going to turn us on right now? Like, I just, isn't there going to be an announcement? Like you, you don't just turn our products on. I don't want you to turn our products on. Um, but he did. And, and it was just kind of funny. Um, so yeah, back then it was just like a mess. Like you had no idea what you're doing. You kind of were just go with the flow, try to act as professional as you can. And there was a lot of like, um, just pretending and and then eventually it became and then i remember like sometime last year i like turned to christine and i was like whoa we're like a legit company <laughs> <laughs> you know and it's just like mm -hmm. wow we have like 
a team now and we have customers and we have like people that really love our product. And it was just, it did like, there wasn't a moment. It just like kind of became, and we you kept trying things. And especially when the pandemic hit, we were like, Oh shoot, like there goes all of our retailers. Like what now? Like, you know, so, um, of course, structure and all of that becomes more fundamental and you create processes as you go, right? But it was definitely a gradual, like each time, and, and it, it, it was a definitely a gradual learning. And then each time you, you do something, like you launch something, you get better at it. And now we're like, so cool. Like we know like the, you know, that our process for launching a, a product launch and it, it's fun, you know, we get to be more creative and it's not like you're chasing after the thing as it's being launched, right? Like you, <laughs> there's definitely more planning that's involved before you, you get something to market. So oh, that's, yeah, that's, I can't even imagine, um, you know, I'd imagine that there's probably quite a bit of rules and, and things you need to make sure you tick all the boxes, so to speak, as far as launching products with cannabis in it. Um, or am I, am I mistaken with that? Yeah. So, um, we have to follow, um, a lot of rules and regulations and there's like testing requirements and there's a lot of different parts in the supply chain. So it's definitely, um, it's, it's a, it's very nascent industry. Uh, you know, it's not mature at all, but it's a mature in the fact that cannabis has been around forever, but legal cannabis has not. And so, um, you know, you're working with a city who's still figuring out what they want to do and the state who's like trying to figure out what, what the city, you know, nobody's really um, talking and everyone is, well, actually everybody is talking and nobody's listening to one another is usually <laughs> the problem. So um, it's definitely a very crazy time and place to be alive but also at the same time it's like you're making history everything that we do has been done for the very first time in cannabis right um so it's it's absolutely incredible and the better part is like you can actually influence what laws are going to be written about around what is going to happen and so you know a lot of them haven't aren't set in stone yet so we get to advocate for what we care about and i think that's really special that's amazing. Have you guys hit any major roadblocks as far as cannabis, um, like rules and laws that you weren't expecting that, that threw you off track early on or, or still are throwing you off? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, everybody remembers in like 2019 and 2020, well, really 2019 and 2018, where there were like just it, like the, as the laws were being written, new, like there would be ch changes and it would be a big, word document that would change and one change would mean that you know someone just bought all this clear packaging now it's no longer compliant because everything has to be opaque you know um so that that you know people lost so much money because you're just throwing dart you know in the dark you don't know what to bet on you don't know what to buy ahead of time um uh yeah so did that did that sort of stuff happen with you guys did you have to like throw away product or throw away packaging at any point with like law changes 
Yeah, we've misprinted pack. There's like, uh, like uh, I have like a like kind of like a room in my warehouse where it's just like rows of white packaging that we can't even use anymore. It's just hilarious and sad and depressing, but funny. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we definitely made a few mistakes before, and and it's okay. And you try to like make less of them um, as you grow. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's definitely a hall of fame of funny misprinted mistakes that I've made in the past. (laughs) I know you spoke a little bit on uh, how you guys are are powerhouse and and just like uh, female powered and and whatnot. Um, And I think that's incredible. But have you had any struggles being female founders and and minority founders that maybe has come um, just in in starting and building this business at all? Absolutely. So I mean, we're fundraising right now. And um, most men that have money or sorry, most people that have money are white men, right? And they think about the world as how they see it. But our products are for makers. And most of the time, that means they're women, right? Or people, and it doesn't have to be, we're not making products for women. But the people that, you know, will cook with an olive oil or um, start their day with apple cider vinegar, sometimes a majority, a rather larger majority of that is women. And when men see our um, pitch, even though they're like, this is maybe the best pitch I've seen in a very long time, they won't invest because they're like, I don't see a market for it because they don't see it for them. And they're not thinking we don't under- that we understand who our customer is. And, you know, good investors can put their mind outside of their own minds and, and see the world on how, you know, how it is. But that's also why like stupid ideas get funded all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, it's, it's truly because there's not enough female investors. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely, it's been a, 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 a large challenge, um, a huge challenge, a large challenge. <laughs> it's the end of the day. It is, it has been a huge challenge. And, um, you know, there's also people thinking just like, oh, you guys are cute, but they don't think like we're serious. And what makes, you know, my product any more different than um, somebody else? Um, so there's there's the, the lack of respect. Uh, but I do think that in terms of authority and uh, my family as a platform, it's been very much a a support in terms of what we are able to come to the table with and and stand our own ground yeah what's the what's the fundraising process like are you raising like venture rounds is is that what's going on now and how is that how's that process gone we're raising our seed round currently, so it's not priced yet. Uh, we do have two institutional investors on our cap table. Uh, one is MicroVentures, the other is um, Accelerator we went through, and then the rest is actually amazing angels. So we have a lot of amazing strategic partners, and uh, the process is truly like anyone you know that has money that might be interested in, um, you know, being a part of a team that is uplifting women that is trying to change the world and is your, your risk is also really much um, offset by the fact that there is, you know, a true 
authority and experience in the brand, um, we just pitch them. And then if you know someone that knows somebody else, great, please introduce them to us. <laughs> and that's been the process. We've pitched to over like 300 people. It's been exhausting. Um, but through the process, I have learned so much about myself and, and yeah, my, my company has just shifted through it too. Uh, but fundamentally at the end of the day, I'm not jaded, but it really has more like it has, um, molded me to sense bullshit and people that aren't serious about the opportunity early on in the game. Like you can feel it almost instantly. I wouldn't say instantly, but like, yeah, you can tell by, you know, if someone has prepared or thought about your deck or like are, are asking questions, right? The way that they're talking to you, are they, you know, are they respectful to you or are they trying to dig information for their own customers and clients? Has bringing on capital changed the business at all? Or is it, is it done anything that you wish it hadn't? I don't know if the, it has... I don't know, like we, we wouldn't have been able to grow and hire our growth team if it weren't for bringing on capital. So, and that has made, you know, the, the biggest difference for us yeah. because, you know, Christine and I aren't growth marketers, right? And so being able to bring on investment capital allowed us to make an investment on a growth team that, you know, it's paying dividends. Um, so, I don't, I, I, I wouldn't say that it would do anything that I wouldn't want to do. Um, but it's definitely changed us for the better. No, that's, that's awesome. I, you know, I think it's really cool because you guys actually have, it doesn't seem like you guys are growth hacking your way to a business. It feels like you're building a business, building incredible products. And then we're like, all right, let's grow this thing. Like we have something here that's legitimate. And I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong, today mm -hmm. I see a lot of, um, all right, we, we got to 10 million, 100 million on Facebook ads, and we're just kind of building our brand as we kind of go, and, you know, whatever, we don't even really have, you know. It just seems like you guys built a legitimate brand and following and customer base and, like, product line before you said, let's scale this thing to the moon or was that not the was that not the thought process i think it was just it was not like a designed in that mm -hmm. way we just like couldn't raise the money <laughs> so we just slowly it was like a slow mm -hmm. build and as soon as we raised money we would add one thing there and then we raised a little bit more and then we would do this thing there um but it was just all, it's very organic in the sense that like things always fell in the place in the right time. Like there have been so many moments where I'm like, I don't know if we're going to make it. Like, I don't, I'm not sure. Right. And then something magical, you know, some like SBA loan or some PPP gets approved. I don't know. Something magically falls right out of the sky. The, the day, like, our bank account goes negative. Like it just seemingly always happens that way. And I have, I have no idea how it works, but it's just, it's a lot of luck and being at the right place in the right time. And then I just fundamentally feel so lucky that I have a platform where I genuinely can come to work every day and just like be creative. Right. Like so many people have to like abide by like 
and we we do utilize data to make data driven decisions but like it's so it's so so corporatized you're tied to metrics you're tied to you know delivering on something and we do that but in a way where it's still true to us right and we are still an artisanal feeling brand and um, all of our ideas are very like original and authentic and it's all about just like coming home and and learning more and then utilizing our heritage to build something um, that more people can accept. What's that process like of creating new products and, and working through, what's your favorite parts of all that? Coming up with new products is one of my favorite parts of this job. <laughs> I have so many wild ideas. Not all of them are great, but I have so many wild ideas and I just get inspired by I don't even know where it comes from. I guess I think Potley is an an is as a concept is always being iterated on what who we are, right? I think we started out as just honey, and then we expanded into olive oil, and then when we made chili oil, it, it was the first time we really like leaned into our own identity. You know, we were very much made by California girls, which is why you know apple cider vinegar, you know harvesting everything from California, making those essential ingredients was really important to us. So one part, one of it is whatever we make, it has to be an essential ingredient. Likely if we can make it from California, you know, if it can be harvested from California. Um, two is um, leaning into heritage. When we launched the chili oil and the sriracha, we started to, realized that we needed to represent who we are more in the products that we make. And that was something that was so authentic that no one else could take from us. And that made us and gave us a competitive edge, right? Like, and so, and so that, that's a big part of, you know, the part, products that we launched. And then we think about like, you know, <laughs> we are always thinking about ways that we can collaborate with other people or how do we like make the next viral product. Right. So right now our, my main ideas are how do I make something that's like ready to eat? All of our ingredients are things that you have to take home. So there's like a two steps. You've got to buy it, you got to take it home. But right now it's like, how do I make something where someone can just buy it from this dispensary and open it up and consume it right away. Right. And then how do we, you know, get people to just, repeat purchase on that. So through that, there's just so many things like I can eat something and be inspired. I just like, I went down a whole rabbit hole of like wanting to make a salt, wanting to make a mustard, wanting to make a oh, butter, wow. wanting to make a ghee, wanting to make, you know, like yeah. it just like, I, I, there's all of these ideas are just like, they're just, you just kind of riff off one another and then someday you like make a product that you weren't purposely trying to make and then you accidentally make it and then you're like wait maybe this is our ready to eat product and so that's something that happened last night from the the little event we did uh to to, to it was a lunar new year um, video that we shot uh, we built a tower of dumplings and then we just like drain chili oil, like pour chili oil, infused chili oil all over it. And we're trying to like 
go viral on TikTok. <laughs> we'll see about that. Hopefully by the time this is out, the video will be out. <laughs> so yesterday we shot it and um, uh, we'll see, you know, but like, it's just, it's just us having fun, trying to come up with ways to, to get traction and yeah. get more eyeballs to our site for people that live outside of California. And, and you know, it's a pandemic. It's just not really safe to go outside. So of course, how, yeah. how does, um, somebody like like take me right new yorker um not from california we do not have legal cannabis here at least recreationally um how do you go about let's say we're you know everything opens up in the future or we're in california and we get the opportunity to try and experience your your cannabis infused products um how do you go about dosing this with food um what are your recommendations as far as like how much do you include you know how how do you start what do you recommend people do to try to get started that aren't necessarily familiar with with taking uh edible cannabis absolutely the the saying is go low start slow and you i cannot emphasize it up especially if you can't like feel it within the next like 15 minutes you're not supposed to like when you eat an edible it processes in your liver it needs to like digest before you can feel anything, which means it's going to take like 35 to 40 minutes before you really, really feel it. But when you feel it and you've already eaten, you know, um, a couple of uh, servings outside of the one serving that you were supposed to eat, like, honey, you, you, there's no going back um, <laughs> when you overdo it. So just, just start with a quarter, wait two hours, like, okay, you still don't feel like anything, then I would even just wait until the next day, or maybe, you know, that, that isn't the most ideal, but like, if you're trying to uh, play around with edibles and edibles is a very stony high, it's very like all body. And if you just want a little bit, you can microdose too. But, um, if you are really edibles for me, is just, it's like a, a weekend thing. You just want to take some time off and zone out and just be completely like galactic and in another world take an edible. Great. Love it. Love that for you. But like section that time off because you're not really planning on doing anything else besides like watching TV and eating food, enjoying life on a couch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that is not to say again, like then, like, I know that it sounds really scary, but like most of Polly's products are designed to be microdosed, right? Like mm -hmm. all of our serving sizes are very clear. Like our olive oil is one milliliter is one milligram. And like we make a lot of products that have a lot of CBD and CBN and like different cannabinoids that also help you. And they're all meant, like all these cannabinoids work together to deliver something um, so different. And I am someone that uses so much CBD out throughout my day. Um, like for example, I'll eat a, a salad and I'll make a salad dressing with our olive oil and our apple cider vinegar. We did an apple cider vinegar challenge a few weeks back and we started our day with apple cider vinegar every day. Um, and just by microdosing little bits of CBD throughout my day, I just am a better person. I'm so much nicer. I'm in a better mood and like everybody benefits <laughs> like, you know, and so it's, and, and if I, you know, and then sleep, sleep is like truly one of the most important things to your health. If you want to feel better, you got to start with 
sleeping, you know, at least eight hours and consistently. And, you know, we have a product that helps you do that without feeling groggy the next day. Fundamentally, you know, all like melatonin, and we do have a little bit of melatonin in our product because we have to, and we're required to, to market it as a sleep product. But melatonin, if you take large amounts of it, you are feeling so you feel like you slept, you don't, you know what I mean? You feel like, but it's just feeling that you're still sleeping and that you're not fully awake. Um, we make products with both, you know, the CBN and the CBD so that when you're sleeping, your body is regenerating with that CBD. And when you wake up, you know, you're fully functioning and, and feeling that clear headedness to take on and tackle that, you know, start of the week. What is the difference between CBD and CBN? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Uh, CBN is a, so CBD is one that most people are more familiar. Um, it's one of the two major cannabinoids in the like plant. C THC is what gets you high. CBD doesn't get you high. And CBD gets you, is an equalizer, right? It's what calms you down. Like people say, you know, I smoke weed to feel calm. They're smoking the, the feeling calm portion is CBD doing its work. But um, why people talk a lot about this full spectrum effect is like in a plant, naturally, there's all these types of cannabinoids and they all work together like a song. If you just extract one plant or, you know, one of the cannabinoids, it's not going to do that much for you, right? Versus if you have a full spectrum of all the, these different cannabinoids. So CBN is another cannabinoid and it's, you know, it's basically the cannabinoid that is at the very end of the life cycle and it's, it helps you sleep and it's, you know, it pairs really well with CBD because while CBN, you know, helps you fall asleep, makes you feel drowsy, um, holds your hand, tucks you in. CBD is doing the regenerative work that helps you feel better. It, you know, I, I just to speak on the dream honey um, that I've tried and, and still use, uh, you know, what's crazy is I was a bit nervous to try it, not because, um, you know, I'm not not scared of CBD, um, but I was definitely worried that it was going to knock me out and I was just going to not wake up to my alarm or you know, feel super groggy the next day because, you know, I have friends who struggle maybe with like insomnia or some degree of it and they take melatonin or they take this or that. And they always just until like 1 p.m. in the afternoon, it's like they're still asleep. Truly, like if you see them, whereas the dream honey, I wake up feeling like I got a really good night's sleep and thinking, you know, that's what you know, just like any CBD or melatonin mixture does, I went and at the local bike shop, because I ride road bikes, they were selling CBD like gems, I don't know, 25 milligrams or 50 milligrams. So I took one of those before going to bed. And a, it was a whole different experience. Whereas your guys's product, I actually felt good. I wake up in the morning, rejuvenated, like ready to go and awake, not not half asleep. The other one knocked me out this product that I got from a store just like knocked me out. I had a hard time getting out of bed, felt tired for a lot of the morning. And I was like, man, I don't know if it was too much or if it was the mixture. What is it that makes your guys' product make you feel so much like what is the difference? Because there's clearly a quality difference. 
Is it just how you guys source products? Is it the mixture and the blend? What is it that you guys have done to make it feel so different? Yeah. So buying, it's so hard to differentiate what's a good product from like what, how do you know, right? How do you know um, quality CBD from not? And we source all of our CBD from a awesome chemist in Kentucky. It's a female. I, I like working with women. Clearly it's a pattern here. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and that it is not to say that we do not like, we do not have allies that are men. We love working with our men as well. Um, but I just taste, you know, I, I, I tasted her product and it was so clean. And, um, you know, we look at the COAs before we purchase anything. And it was honestly, part of it was like, there's some like weird murky full spectrum distillate that's like grassy and just like, like, you know, it's just like, it's, it's, it's this like chalky taste, this chalky aftertaste. Taste is a big thing to me. It's like, does it taste good? Does it work? Right. And I, I tried a lot of things on myself first. Um, but you know, I asked a lot of questions on my, about source material and she sources only from sun grown hemp plants as well. And so that's super important to me is like, how are you growing your hemp? Most people are these days now are able to grow hemp outdoors, but like, is the source material good? Then two, what is your extraction process? Is it a full spectrum extraction versus like a distillate, which a distillate just like pulls in, you know, bottom of the barrel trim and is just getting a very concentrated version of a very specific cannabinoid, which usually they're searching for CBD out. And it's not a clean process where you're just taking out what is natural. Um, also for us, why you might feel like this, like really, I don't know, heaviness is that most people, when they use distillate, it doesn't matter what you put in there. They're just putting things in there to output a CBD, right? But we always look for single strains. So a single strain, you'll, you'll, you'll be using the natural, like plants are always grown in a way where they're, they're the, 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 um, map of the plant is a natural formula already. And we're not changing anything in the formula. You know, we're not adding anything. We're just using the natural, um, the natural like amounts that are already in that plant and um, utilizing it in our products. And so most important are being able to track your source, being able to trace um, the, COAs, understanding, um, you know, and, and even, and asking for COAs, honestly, sometimes at the end of the day, don't mean shit because that it's also really easy to make up where that product is from. So you just have to try it. It's, it's so hard, but like for us, like, I know I I would, I totally want to like restart the way I said this, but like fundamentally, how I would answer this question is like, we care a lot about traceability. It's very apparent on our site. We talk about traceability. We make all of our COAs available to you. Most, some companies may do this. 
And, you know, most people don't do their, you know, don't have the time to do the research because they think everything is created equal. And that's just not the truth, right? Like, unfortunately, in the world of CO, CBD, there, you know, there's a lot of snake oil out there and we care so much about our products. And I think you can, sh you can see that by the way that we source our ingredients themselves. And that's always going to be taken to the level of the cannabis and the inputs that we make into put into our product, which is why um, I think people have a better experience, truly. Just to clarify, what are COAs? Oh, COAs are certificates of analysis. So it breaks down the potency. Um, it tells you exactly in, you know, how much CBD is in there, how much CBN is in there, how much THC is in there. Um, and it tells you if, you know, um, there are heavy metals in your product. If it's passing for, you know, a variety of tests that are required on the cannabis side, but not required on the hemp side. You know, I think it's interesting how much you talk about, you know, transparency, really, if I can summarize it down to that, that one word, um, even on your socials, even all you, these pictures, like, I, I love the pictures you guys have of like, um, the olive oil where you guys were sourcing it, like, you know, actually holding some of those, you know, the original plants and whatnot. I think that's incredible. And, and it, for me as a consumer, um, gave me a lot of trust in your product, you know, cause especially here on the East coast. Right. And I can only speak for, as someone who lives in New York, all of this stuff, uh, CBD and, and cannabis infused stuff, even though that's not here yet, but the CBD product is still fairly new to all of us over here. Um, you know, one way or another. So it seems like, you know, is this legit? Is this, you know, all this sort of stuff, you just have a lot of questions. And when you look at your guys' socials, your websites, your packaging, your products, it's clear that that care was taken and that the product is is of quality. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm, no question there. Just wanted to speak on the fact that, um, you know, I think it's pretty cool how transparent you guys are. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. We work really hard to be able to to be able to say that we are a, a truly transparent company. Eh. Okay. I don't know. I guess I, I, well, I appreciate, I really, really appreciate that sentiment. I, I, I don't, I, the thing is like, I, I say, I, I'm like, I say we work really hard, but I'm like, we're not because like, we're just like honestly showcasing what we do on a daily basis. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we're not truly like going all the way out there to like pretend like we just are showing up to work and being like, Hey, this is what we're doing. Um, and, you know, it's not hard when you're, you have a lot of good things to show um, about your supply chain. And, and I love, honestly, I love showcasing the farms that we work with. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's awesome to be able to partner like that and, and to have people open up their, their homes to you and show you how things are made and how things are done. Absolutely. Earlier on in this podcast, you talked a little bit about um, why you're so high performing. And you, you, you said something in particular that kind of caught my attention. You said you, you kind of like hack your mental state. Um, can you talk on that a little bit? What you mean by that, how you do it, that sort of stuff? Totally. I cool. mean, you can imagine as an entrepreneur and especially for somebody that sells, <laughs> uh, 
the self self care is kind of funny because you know I don't have a lot of time to self care or do things for myself, right? But like I get to I, I live, breathe, and die. Like I, you know, I I get to like soak my body in a CBD bath every single night. <laughs> you know, like I get to um, I you know in my meetings. Um, we, we, at the end of, you know, our standups, we are, we tell everybody to stand up and stretch, right? Um, I start my days with journaling, um, three pages blank, but every day I just you know, write whatever comes to mind. And that's how I start my day. Um, but this like health hacking thing really is like, our products are meant to just seemingly integrate with things that you're already doing. I'm not trying to give you, give you a new um, ritual, or maybe it is because some, you know, going to ending your weekends on Sunday with dream honey is something that you ritualized. That was something kind of new, but the act of drinking tea or the act of drinking a glass of water or something warm before bed is not new. Right. And so that is like how I kind of like, I hack my health by like, just having a little bit like, I am, I'm always sipping on, I call it my auntie juice, the hot water, the lemon, ginger and honey. Like I'm always sipping on that because I just need it all the time, no matter what. And it's, it's, it's second nature to me. I don't even think about that. Oh, I'm consuming cannabinoids. Like I'm not even like measuring how many cannabinoids I'm eating in a day, but like, I'm just like eating it all throughout the day. And it just like gives me little spurts of energy or, you know, I'm, constantly stressed if you can imagine my day was back-to-back -back meetings from like seven o'clock until now and um and it just helps me gives me an extra oomph and push and fundamentally i think the one thing that i do that is just so different from you got to have one thing be it running or yoga or you know some people like these days you can't like go out dancing anymore but like I recently picked roller skating back up and that has just been so um, important for my mental health as something that is just so different from what I do every single day because I truly, I sell self-care every single day, right? I sell being good at stress and being stress-free and all of that. And yet like I have the craziest schedule, um, but doing something that is just so different from food and cannabis and stress and not stressed and um, being calm and all those things and just having something to just be free. Um, I'm really lucky to have that and my community there as well. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you actually implemented that into um, some sort of a, a charity event recently, correct? Yeah, can, yeah. Can you so, speak on um, that a little bit? Absolutely. Thank you for thank you for asking about that. Yeah, so I think it's I thought it was pretty cool. So uh, in the past few weeks, there has been a really, there's been a spike on um, xenophobia and these, and these hate crimes against seniors, particularly in the AAPI, Asian American Pacific Islander uh, community, which is so sad and just so, it's just pure evil. Um, it's, it's just seniors who are not provoking or doing anything and it's seniors um it's it's not that it's fine if it's a younger person but it's just so much worse when it's a senior who has done nothing to provoke the situation and so um 
there was a specific incident that happened in San Francisco where I live. Um, we went to um, actually see the place where the man was pushed, where he was pushed so hard he passed away a few days later from the injuries sustained. And I wrote about it and the post kind of got a lot of attention. And in the, in, in the Insta story or Instagram post that I wrote about, um, I was talking about holding myself accountable. And while I was writing it, you know, I'm with um, the people in my manufacturing space and my chief of staff, Ashley. And I was like, there's something that we like, I want to be able to do something like, what can we do? And she just came up with an awesome idea to organize. And she was like, why don't we do it? Like, why don't we skate? Why don't we skate in solidarity? Um, because, you know, that way we can bring even more people in our community, some people outside, you know, people outside of just, you know, the Potley family. And skating has been kind of a great way during quarantine to stay, you know, six feet apart, but like still being able to like dance and be outside and, and, and be active. And so we skated through Chinatown and um, Ashley organized this awesomely. And we, we handed out roses to, we had flowers and we handed them out to um, seniors for, you know, random acts of kindness. And we, we laid flowers at uh, Beatrice Memorial. And, you know, we ended the day just skating around um, San Francisco um, until sunset. And it was just the best day because it was Monday and so, um, we were supposed to have it off. So we worked for a little bit in the morning and um, got to take the evening off. Uh, and it was just kind of a, a nice, it's a nice thing that was organized by, you know, Potley team members. And I'm just so proud that, that that came to be. And her video went viral. So I'm just, I'm so proud of her. That's amazing. No, I, I think it's so cool. And I think, um, you guys did an incredible job of taking something that was so incredibly sad and disappointing and turning it into something that, that spread happiness and love and, and positivity. And I think, you know, it, it was just, it was incredible. And I, I think anyone that's listening should definitely go check that out um, on, on social and whatnot. Um, but what is, um, what's next for you guys? What, what do you guys have in the pipeline? What are your big goals and dreams moving forward yeah so this year you will we will be launching a ready to eat product nice. something is going is in the works it's cooking and i'm really proud of it and it's going to be announced soon we're also going to be launching direct to consumer on the california cannabis side so you know um people can access our products faster. And I know that sucks because it means that we're not in, you know, we're not be able to deliver weed um, THC across state borders yet. But yes, we have to fight for that, for that change. America, let's unite and make this um, a federally legal product that can be sold across state borders. We will be potentially expanding into other states. We're working on it right now. And so um, we'll, I'm excited to announce that soon. Um, and then we're, we're doing collaborations. I think we were so successful in our collaboration with Aster Farms last year, that we're doing it again. Um, we're gonna be doing it um, with, you know, um, some amazing CPG companies that, you know, we have a big crush on and we're so lucky to be able to collaborate with and then maybe a celebrity partnership um, with the chef. So um, just a lot of awesome things in the works and couldn't be more proud of um, our team. And I, I really think that, you know, um, 
you know, we're here to serve you. If you have any ideas of like what you want to see from us and what you think would be an awesome idea, um, you know, just, just ping us on Instagram. We're super active there. Um, and it's just, it's just honestly me behind the story sometimes and, and me answering the DM. So just ping us and, and we'll be responsive. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to share what we have in line for you this year. It's going to be a great year. Can't wait to see it. Do you think, um, how soon in your opinion, do you think we'll see some sort of a national legalization, um, come to life? Yeah, I mean, hopefully there will be some change in the next four years. Um, even if it um, does get passed, you know, it takes a really long time for um, things to happen still. But I'm I'm confident that it will happen in the next 10 years, <laughs> which awesome. honestly is the like worst prediction ever. But I'm I'm confident that it'll happen. I just don't know when. And I hope that it's sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. That's amazing. I love it. Um, I have one last question for you, and it's a question I, I ask most people that, that come on the show. Um, if you could go back and talk to younger you and give younger you, let's say, let's say teenage you, um, any bit of advice. You had you know a little bit of time to talk to younger you and, and just kind of give some advice and, and give a helping hand. What would you say to younger you if you could go back? God, I don't know if I would listen to me. <laughs> I was just so stuck in my own ways, but I would just tell myself to stop caring. <laughs> stop caring about what other people think. I, I Probably a lot of people say that. Um, but like, I just, I cared so much. Um, and I, I, I just felt like, I always felt like I was an outsider, that I didn't belong. And all these, those things that made me feel so weird about showing up every day are things that I just like, I love today. You know, I love like the fact that I'm, I grew up in such an Asian childhood. Like, I love the fact that like, you know, like, um, like I, I remember cause if I, you know, hung out at my parents' warehouse, I, like my, like my whole like clothes would smell like spice. And it, I would just, sometimes I would be so embarrassed by it because like, you know, like nobody else's like clothes smell like that when you went to school. And I just like, I just wish I'd stopped caring. And I think I would have just had, I, once I did that, I would have been, and just be more confident in my own self and my own abilities. And I would have done so much better. <laughs> Not that I don't think I've like done okay for myself, but I, I think I would have like been able to focus my energy on what mattered. That's amazing. Well, where can people find you? Where can people connect with Potley? Yes, please. Uh, we're active on Instagram. Uh, hit us at Get Potley. We just started a TikTok account, so it's uh, Potley Queen. And and yeah, uh, if you have any you know questions or you know feedback, um, please write us. Um, queen at Get Potley is our email, and I'm I'm always monitoring that. So. Um, yeah, please, please write in. Amazing. Thank you so much uh, for coming on. Is there anything we missed that you, you really want to touch on? No, I mean, uh, we are really excited to show our new site. Um, we've been really trying to think of this like new um, redesign um, on our products. And so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Potleyshop.com 
is where uh, you can find us. And um, yeah, if you like a discount code um, for your listeners today, no way. Um, uh, <laughs> it's you can type in "thank you from Potley fifteen and you can get fifteen percent off. Thank you from Potley fifteen. Amazing. Thank you so much. No problem. Awesome. Well, Felicity Chen on free coffee. Thank you so much for coming on. My name's Rob Riley. Kevin McChesney is behind the edits. And until next time, this has been free coffee. <laughs>